Hello, everybody. It's Mel and Jamie. Just giving you your beautiful, constant reminder that things at this is trash podcast will no longer be this is trash podcast in a few weeks come the new year new brand new look new style but same old us so same old us we will be changing our formatting uploading two times a week your two favorite things to listen to which is true crime and sexy erotic stories read by a sometimes buzzed us so yes you know with just accents with accents we're bringing those back because apparently you like them so let's fucking roll them out i'm here for it you guys are too so you know stay tuned like follow us on this ride and we'll see you guys in the new year with our new facelifts yes ho 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 bitches <laughs> welcome to our show this is trash for now that's right for now but for now now let's jump into another true crime Mm -hmm. inspired by christmas events because as we're recording this it's december yeah (laughs) well you guys are listening to it it is december but it definitely isn't right now we're planning ahead for the future and you know we want to make you guys feel like you're wrapped in a tight hug that gets tighter and tighter until you can't breathe a little bit yeah Um, that's where we're emotionally taking ourselves during the christmas holidays one day when we're rich and famous i'll be able to come down to mel's every week Mm -hmm. but for now we gotta get as much shit for now (laughs) we gotta get as much shit in as possible yeah so again tonight we will be doing a christmas true crime and i will be leading the way and mel will be sitting back and trying to enjoy herself and traumatized that's what i thought you were gonna say instead of trying i thought and traumatized because that's where i've been Mm -hmm. um as we do more and more research and get deeper into these stories and the people who are affected by them it's a fucking whirlwind it definitely is and just to follow suit with our family themes that have been going on. Um, last week, Mel did a daddy-like figure. Yeah, Father Christmas figure. I'm literally bringing in Father Christmas. Like, yes. He looks like an emaciated Santa Claus. You know what he looks like? One of the uh, Santa-inspired characters from the Whoopi <gasps> movie. Oh, my God. Uh, um, uh, 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 Rare Exports. Rare Exports. Yes. yes. If you guys haven't seen that fantastic Swedish film. And they're elves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little Christmas Santa elf. All right. So this emaciated Santa that I'm talking <laughs> about, his name is Ronald Gene Simmons. Not to be confused with the piece of shit guy from reality TV, a.k.a. Kiss. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. (laughs) It's it's the actual, uh, what I'm going to assume is a not good Santa Claus. Yes. So you are absolutely right. So let's get started. I said that five times already. Now I'm ready for real. Yeah, this time we aren't lying. Okay. Ronald Gene Simmons was born on June 15th, 1940. Gemini. Gemini. Oh. You know all serial killers are Gemini's, Virgos, yes. Sag. Yeah. Some others. Sometimes it's uh, Pisces. Mm, yes. I think. Yeah. And you know what's so funny is I'm going to be calling him Ron this entire yeah. episode. <laughs> My boyfriend, I also call Ron, and he is a Gemini. Yeah, so... Get him to grow a beard, lose 80 pounds. Shave his head, bald. <laughs> so not to be confused with the KISS member Gene Simmons and yeah. not to be confused with Ron Mel's partner. Yeah. <laughs> Ronald, a.k.a. Ron, who I'm, that's what I'm calling him, yes. was born in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. 
to parents Loretta and William Simmons. So let's jump into his childhood. There isn't a ton of information, but I mean, we're going back to like 1940. I was going to say anything that happens before like the 80s, I swear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is like one of the first times this is the first time that I actually read about this gentleman Mm -hmm. and I listened to a lot of true crime. So it could also be because not enough like true crime people have done this so they haven't researchers. they haven't put mm-hmm. that information out for us to, <laughs> to, to reformat to reformat <laughs> i was like plage- to plagiarize <laughs> <laughs> no legitimately um it's it's hard when you're coming up with these fucking heavy hitters that a lot of people haven't heard about well, you can't make up the info so unless i don't know you go to a chicago library and go into the dark dingy basement yeah. and you use that newspaper flipping machine that I they always use in that. the movies one day when we have a patreon and we can we afford are suddenly place. have millions of viewers and can afford things like when we can quit our jobs we'll just live in the basement of a library yeah we'll just podcast we'll get, from there we'll sleep there take our eco-friendly um solar-powered private jet love that over to whatever haunted ass state be like where's your creepiest library i want the basement covered in dust and i want the lights to flicker i feel like everywhere in like boston yeah i want all oh, the libraries yeah. they actually have the choice to get new lights but they're like we have to kind of stay with this our brand yeah. so flickering oh, lights for us please <laughs> <laughs> same with like i was watching something recently and they were showing the like underground of seattle mm. like the seattle underground oh, wow which is like literally like underground like, I don't know if it was, like, subway systems. New York like that is from back like in the that. day. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they used to, like, do shows and stuff. And I, was, I was watching a haunted show. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So I do wish that there was a little bit on his childhood because I'd really like to know what causes someone to be so fucked up. Because I mean, once you, we get to, like, where shit's maybe picking up and getting crazy, we can make some assessments based on your findings. Yeah. And, I mean, in the 40s, right, we're coming out of the Depression. Mm-hmm. right we're going into a lot of wars we're literally it's like a, shitty a, time. a couple years into the second world war so yeah, yeah resources and shit so <clears throat> here's what we do know at the young young age of three um on january 31st 1943 because he was three because he was born in 1940 <laughs> <laughs> thank you math william his father died of a stroke so that could affect him yeah mom remarried within a year to William D. Griffin, so like another William. Oh my God! Yeah, replace the old Will, Will with the Will too. Yeah, Will, Will too, brand new. Will too, brand new. Um, he was a civil engineer for the U.S. Army, and not that we'll talk a lot about him, but I'll just call him Bill so we don't get confused. Billy. In 1946, the family was moved to Little Rock, Arkansas. The ma- the family like moved around a ton in Central Arkansas because obviously he was part of the army and. Army brat, man. Yeah, it's Not a classic in one army place life. for too long. Yeah. So let's jump into his personal life a bit. You don't really have that much when you're a baby. So let's go to 1957. <laughs> he was very popular. <laughs> he played with sticks and hoops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he was like gambling on the side of the road to make extra cash. Illegal for dice the... games. <laughs> yes, I love it. In September of 1957, Ron dropped out of school and joined the Navy, as many, I'm sure, did at that time. Of course. He was first stationed in Birmingham, Washington, and there he met Bursabi Rebecca Yulabari. We're going to call her Becky. That's what she liked to be called. Sorry, what was her first name? Bursabi, like Bursabe. B-E-R-S-A-B-E. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't I'm really look like, into wow. her. I'm like looking at the word. I'm like, that's actually. That's a fun word. Versabi. Versabi. It's like Versace, but with bees instead. Versabi. Like the bees yeah, replace yes. the bees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Versace. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, math. Part two. <laughs> math. Um, they were married in New Mexico on July 9th, 1960. Becky was born in 1939, so that would make Bill around 20 at that time and Becky 21. Okay. Sorry, did I say Bill? Oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm talking about Ron. Ron. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that would make Ron 20 and Becky 21. So she's a little bit older. Becky is described as being a kind person and that she did well in school. So we didn't know too much about her either. Mm -hmm. Not too much to go on, but let's roll with it. Their love would blossom into the pair having seven kids together. Damn. Woof. (laughs) Uh, In your early 20s, I mean, just go for it. Go for the moon. If you want to go big, go big. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of, like, age gaps in between here. So they probably started right off the bat. It wasn't one of those uh, relationships where they're like, we have a one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven-year-old. Yeah. Where they have a child every year. Yeah, exactly. So I'll name the children's names. Like, so in 1987, when the major crisis that happens in the story occurs, Mm -hmm. the youngest child was eight and the oldest was 29. Okay, wow. So there's like a 21 year. So literally until 42, she probably had a baby. So she probably started at 21 Mm -hmm. and then at like 42. Holy shit. Which like back then, good for her. Really? Yeah. Holy fuck. 21 kids and counting. Um, Only in the 60s could you even consider having more than three kids. I wrote that as a note because like... Oh, our economy the sucks. The economy. Everything's expensive. It's so expensive. I live in a box. Yeah, literally. The children's names were, that they had throughout these 21 years, mm-hmm. were Ronald Jr., Sheila, I'm going in like oldest to youngest, William, a.k.a. Billy Jr., but he liked to be known as Al Jean. Al Jean. Al Jean. So like... I'm sure it was, like, Ronald Gene Simmons. Like, you probably gave him the exact same name as his. Yes. And Ronald goes by Ronald, I guess. Actually, you know what? They do refer to him as Gene. So, like, these people just like to have a bunch what of What I love names. right now is that so many of the names are just names of the parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. Because there's not enough names in the world. You need to at least have 17 William Juniors. Oh, wait. Sorry. William is, yeah, the grandfather. Yes, exactly. So, Ronald Jr., William Jr., mm-hmm. who likes to be called L. Jean, which is, sounds like... L. G. It sounds like he was, like, pr- predicting yeah. hip-hop. He's yes. Like DJ L. Jean. Yes. Or I'm like, Nalgene container and also algae in the sea is what mm. I'm getting from that aesthetic. Yeah. Then we had Loretta... Eddie, Marianne, and Rebecca Becky Jr. Of course. So named us. So, oh. so out of one, two, three out of the seven children are named after all of them. Yeah. You know what's so crazy is during my last true crime, if you guys haven't heard, go back two weeks. Oh, wait. Sorry. And Loretta is named after grandma. That's what I'm saying. Four out of the seven. We, I told you, I'm like, I haven't really heard of the daughters being named after the maternal figures, like at least the mom, at least where yeah. you have like, like you're saying like a Nancy Jr., yeah. Uh, you usually get that with the boys, but this is now two stories that I added done. the junior, so I don't know if women were allowed to have junior after if they just had the same name as their mom. Like, only junior went to boys. But then how do you call her? I don't, I don't know. Just Becky. Becky and oh, Becky, yeah, like, Becky, and then they both come. And Wrong you, Becky. Wrong Becky. <laughs> 
Shortly after Ron and Becky's marriage, Ron left the Navy to join the U.S. Air Force, where he served for and retired in 1979. So he served about about 22 years in total for the U.S. He served in Nam and received a number of awards for his service, including the Bronze Star Medal, the Republic of Vietnam True Cross, Air Force Ribbon for Excellent Markmanship. So again, there isn't a lot of information in regards to the family's life. I'm like, so again, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, I'm going to try. <laughs> there isn't a lot of information in regards to the family's life up until his retirement. So like up until about 1979, 1980, everybody just said that they just kind of seemed to appear to have a normal life. Like yeah. nothing was And I mean, he's got weird. accolades from doing well at his job. So that does look into his maybe work ethic or his ability to take on I, I rolls at least maybe in the army. So he's yeah. good at the the planes and the sea boat stuff. Yeah. If he's getting medals. Of course. And So he's clearly competent is what we're kind of yeah. getting at. And it seemed like, yeah, like, and I guess maybe he's like, well, we'll find out later maybe, but maybe he's the type of person that when he's working, like he's good, but when he's not working, like <gasps> things go to shit, which seems to happen. Oh, I'm excited to learn, but also scared. So his wife, Becky's parents were fond of Ron and said he was a nice, normal dude. They didn't use that term. I added that in, but <laughs> that would be funny if they did. He's but, just a normal dude, man. Just a normal dude. They're like born in 1900. Yeah. <laughs> He was a fine lad. Yeah, he was strapping young. A gentleman and a scholar. But I have a sneaking suspicion that this was false, or is false, or soon to be false. (laughs) Soon to be false. Considering he was gone a lot due to his service, this could be why. Like, because Mm -hmm. he was gone all the time, maybe everybody was like, seems nice, the family seems normal, everything seems great. we don't fucking know him. Because daddy isn't home. Yeah, we can't actually judge his character because there's nothing to judge. Exactly. When he was retired, the Simmons were living in Cloudcroft, New Mexico. And now that the neighbors and everyone saw him more often, it turned out that they thought he was kind of a piece of shit. Okay. Again, not their words, mine. (laughs) (laughs) You are just taking liberties with the quotes. I am speculation. (laughs) I'll add quote if there's actual quotes. Okay, that's perfect. And everything else you can just assume I've riddled with my language. Yes. (laughs) He was an alcoholic. Drinking from the moment he woke up until he went to bed. When visitors came over, he could be found sitting in his room. And like not the bedroom, he had his weird little man cave. It was dark and spooky in there, and apparently it stunk. So a literal cave. <laughs> Forget the ones where he, they've Gollum. got like, you know, they've got like posters of their favorite teams and yeah. stuff on the walls. Like this one's actually got stalactites. They have one of those light up <laughs> things that whenever their team gets a goal, it like lights up. They're yeah. like, yeah, touchdown. But his is like, you have to send a canary in there. And if it doesn't come back, you just don't go in. <laughs> it's a fucking actual cave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the he mine. Just, he just has a bunch of bird cages everywhere. Yeah. Now, hearing that, I immediately feel for the dude mm-hmm. because we know PTSD in the military oh, is very common. And back then, probably nobody gave a shit, right? Definitely. And a legitimate, it's a legitimate issue that shouldn't be taken lightly. That is until I found out he was raping his eldest <gasps> daughter, Sheila. Oh, fuck. So trigger warning. Oh, God. Will, but there's not, there's no details. So yeah, you we just have like, that. We, have we just know. Now. Jesus Christ. Doc. Oh. In 1980, he actually got her pregnant at the age of 15. We hate him. He's a garbage person. Don't feel bad for him anymore. Okay. He's not a I'm nice dude. sorry. Did maybe... Okay. Okay. Did the rest of the family... Because there are now six other siblings. And the mother did... Maybe nobody notice or... 
That is so fucking gross and horrible, and I hate his fucking face that I haven't really even seen yet, but I hate it. I'd punch it. Punch it, like, through the face, out the back of the head. Yes, like and a just wear finishing move in Mortal Kombat. Exactly, and I want to wear his head as, like, a weird big bangle bracelet. Love it. Bastard. Abby, mom found out. Okay. Which I suggest she probably knew all along. Fuck. I but, mean, you Or don't. does she just think her daughter's pregnant and maybe had a boyfriend? Or she knows that her husband's a fucking garbage Well, they bitch. told her. Okay. And I mean, I mean, you would hope that if she did, she would have done something. But sadly, we know this isn't always the case. It's not. Sadly. And well, it's no one's fucking fault. No. Than his fault of doing it. But also, the mom is a parental figure. Maybe she's being abused herself. Yeah, which I go into a little bit okay, more okay. after. And Either I have, way, this I share is the horrible. same sentiment. Yeah. Um, Ronald forced Becky, the mother, to stay with them and made it clear that she would be raising the baby as part of the family. Becky did let her family know oh what had God. happened, so apparently they probably didn't think he was a cool dude anymore. No shit. And she was apparently very embarrassed by the whole matter, but did say, "I know, I hate that," and that's like what I got from the. Okay. I didn't make that word up. It's not a quote, but I got it. It's just um, that, like right now I'm picturing like the 1920s and not so much the 60s where I, I guess maybe... Yeah, that's 1980. That's what I'm saying. I think that we've come uh, ahead as a society maybe at this point that... It's you true know though. The whole time I was doing the research, I'm picturing 1940 still. Liter- I'm picturing it in black and I w- white. We, I was born in 86. Queen is touring at this point. Like Motley Crue is a band and they're like... <laughs> Metallica's uh, getting their name <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> exactly. I'm just... Oh, for fuck's sakes, man. I, I guess just back then, uh, and even now, the resources aren't always there to help people in the situation. Yeah. But the fact that she let her kids stay in the ho- household no, was such a piece of shit. No, like, no. I think that she should be embarrassed. And I feel for her because she, you know, will find out that she was being abused. Okay. Um, but at the same time... It's just, like, it's hard, you know? My heart goes out to her, but at the same time, like, when your kids you have get to in danger, you have if you to can. do something if you can, you there know? There has to be shelters or family that you can go to. Yeah. And guns you could buy to just fucking kill them. Sorry, I'm not saying that that's right, but me personally... Uh, yeah, but we do find out a little bit more about how, you know, he got them kind of to be so sheltered. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to let you tell the story. I'm going to stop. No, to no. Be very angry. I want right you now. to keep jumping in because if not, our episode won't be long enough. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we had no information. Uh, uh, I have sympathy for victims of abuse, but it starts to thin out when you allow your kids to be in danger. Sorry, mm-hmm. not sorry. So that was my sentiment. Burn the house down. It is also reported that he did not allow any of the women in the house to wear makeup or nice clothes, which to me tells me he obviously had mad control issues and wanted them all to himself. What the fuck? Okay, hi. Going back to our Nanny Dawes yeah. episode, we encountered a, like a couple men. Nanny that was, she was the eighth child. Yeah, and that wouldn't let the women wear makeup or go out nor have friends because that means that you lose control over them. They now have a power of influence of other people in their lives that could see what you're doing, take them away and help them. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking horrible. Ronald was reported... Um, on by several people about his abusive relationship with his daughter. Thank God that the neighbors mm-hmm. were jumping in. Oh, hello. We have a cat visitor. Hello, Haggis. Hi, Haggis. Minerva Toast. We traumatized her a little bit earlier. Yeah, it was an accident. Jamie tripped and she fucking flew off the counter. And just knocked everything yeah, everywhere. Yeah, she thought she was under attack. And now she's coming in to open the door to make it loud in here. Yeah. 
Okay, bye, dentist. Yeah, she just showed up, opened the door to let all of my Hallmark movies drown in the podcast room. And then she's like, oh, you guys are boring. See you later. I'll just come scratch again in a few minutes. In a few minutes to make sure you're doing something fun. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the show. Oh, not this show. I opened the wrong... uh, Thing and it's my Jamie Vanderpump just rules. opens a tab and it's full-blown reality trash TV. Of course. So if you guys want to know a little something about us, I love trash TV. And I love dry British comedies that don't even seem like comedies because nobody smiles or laughs during them. I love that. Yeah. They're so dry. So dry. Like I said, Ronald was reported on by several people about his abusive relationship with his daughter. They would be seen kissing when he would leave. And not like a peck, but like a gross-ass makeout. On the on the front stoop of the house. And, um, hello. Yes, neighbors stepped in, which, fuck yeah, guys. You are amazing. Guys, a lot of people won't get involved. They say, mm-hmm. I don't want to risk my safety, maybe, in this yeah. situation. So, if they are reporting, where are the fucking police? Well, we'll get into that. Okay. Take me there. They were actually described. So when I was doing my research, all I saw was that they had an incestuous relationship, but I chose to call it the R word because no 15-year-old girl, which it probably started way younger, chooses to be in a relationship with her dad. That's an abuse of power. Grooming was probably involved and he's disgusting. A hundred percent. They can try and spin it as, oh, she's 16 at this point. She knows what she's doing. Not no not even have started when she's 16 and especially not if he was manipulating her fucking mind to think that this was okay mm-hmm. oh i want to throw up so bad for sure you know that those kind of guys especially if they only have like one child that they're picking on they're probably giving her extra attention and love oh, and making her siblings hate her so they won't stand up for her and like just making her feel like she's special and like and you want to get thing. any kind of any kind of affection from your parents, any yeah. kind of reinforcement, even if it's negative. It's in, so fucked. Yeah. In 1981, Sheila. So I'm going to stop there. My brother was born in 1981 and my mom seems Sheila. Am I related? I hope, hope not. To fuck not. Probably not because of how this ends. In 1981, <laughs> Sheila had had enough and came forward with her abuse to a school counselor. Good for her. Yes. I mean, not that you should have to. You're a fucking child. The fact that she's even able to, all of the power to her, but like, it's still just so horrible. Mm-hmm. She admitted to being pregnant with her father's baby. Ronald was pissed. So he wrote her a letter. The That's guilt my in this write. letter, I cannot. You know me. Yeah. And guilt issues, mm-hmm. I have huge ones, and I hate him. The letter said, you have destroyed me, and you have destroyed my trust in you. Dot, dot, dot. I added that. I will see you in hell. Okay, so... um you're the abuser, you piece of shit. They're going the, to heaven, you're going yeah, to hell. The only person that you should be mad at is your disgusting fucking self. You should castrate yourself immediately. Oh my god, he should, if there's an edge of the world, he should throw himself from it. Like, Yeah, because we live on a flat earth. A flat earth baby. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sorry to all of our flat earth listeners. I'm sure we don't have any. If you are, please exit to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Find the edge of the ocean and swim. <laughs> Exit to the left of the planet off of it. <laughs> but there is no off because the earth is the bottom, apparently. No. I think it's like a plate on the ground, if you think about it. I like to think of the world as in, like, the light fantastic. Mm, I don't know what that is. It's like a book series by, um. oh, I can't remember his sounds, name. Sounds so familiar. It's going to bug me if I don't remember. It is uh, 
Ter- Terry Pratchett. That's Terry it. Pratchett. I didn't just Google that. I know, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't watch you at all. We didn't pause or anything. I didn't see anything. Yeah, so Terry Pratchett, the light fantastic. The whole point of this, which we forgot, is about Flat Earth. But yeah, in the Terry Pratchett world, the Earth is on. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like a... Who's that uh, famous painter has the melted clocks? Uh, Dolly. Dolly, yeah. I have Raoul Dahl stuck in my head for some reason. But yeah, it's like two elephants on like a turtle on something else it's called the Discworld series okay can you talk about that's what nandor thinks the universe is is yeah. two elephants on top of a globe um being held up by like, like turtle by turtle. turtle exactly yeah. that's literally do you not remember the spoiler alert for people who watch what we do in the shadows but when they go to uh atlantic city yeah Anyways, fantastic. I want you to see a picture. I'm going to show a picture to Mel right now um, as you guys are live. The Light Fantastic um, World. So let's see if we can see images here. See right there. Yeah, so it's a turtle with two elephants on top and then mm-hmm. the disc world, it's which beautiful, is flat earth. Though, I wonder like, if that's what flat earthers believe in. No, they. I think that they believe in it is like a plate on the ground. And then on what for ground? some... The, no, the ground the is universe? earth. The earth yeah. is the ground. Think of... But can you imagine like floating this long... It's not floating. It's the bottom. There is nothing so there's beyond no universe. It. There's nothing beyond just earth. the earth on the ground. And then everything else is happening above it. So there are the rest of the planets, but we're the total bottom. So we're the most, we're the base of the whole I entire fucking galaxy. So. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at them. No, I'm sorry for like, I'm sorry for people who are listening who might believe it. You know, uh, we, uh, yeah, maybe I was going to say nobody knows way. for sure, but I'm like, we do know for sure. We do know for sure. Cause All we've gone on travel is fake. And there's birds that are, what, what, what do they believe in those birds that are, have like, um, AI in them and they're like fucking watching us anyways yeah, there's a whole yeah. other bird thing we're not going to get into that we're talking about murder today yeah so where did we even get into this why <laughs> how did we get into this where did we go wrong oh yeah you destroyed me I'll see you in hell and then oh, yeah. we were talking about stuff anyways April 3rd, 1981. Sorry, guys, without <laughs> rant. With all of these claims coming forward, the Department of Human Services began investigating. Mm-hmm. In June 1981, Sheila gave birth to her baby, which she named Sylvia. Sheila did not want to press charges on her dad because who knows what he had been filling in her head for the past 16 years. I'm just, I don't even want to imagine what She's life probably, was like in that household. Also, too, you're 15. Mm-hmm. You probably don't know what the fuck to do. And your mom's like, well, we live here. So um, yeah. she's probably like, I don't know where to go. I don't know I, what to do. I can't afford to bring my, like, seven kids. And she was, like, the second oldest child, too. So it's not like her older brother's, like, you know, living on his own or something. Oh, my God. Blah, I didn't blah, even blah. think about, it. like, she probably has all of her younger siblings that they have to mm-hmm. watch over. Yeah. And fuck, please tell me, like, nothing's happening to them as well. I don't even tell me. Tell well, I won't tell you, later. but yeah. Okay, okay. We'll get into it. The court then threatened to charge her with contempt, so she did end up testifying, and Ron was charged with three counts of incest. Oh, three counts. I love how, like, but you'll find out, three counts of incest, they don't just take you to jail right there, which you would think, because, like, it's not incest. It's pedophilia yes it's rape yes it's incest it's abuse it's like there should be 30 counts of fucked up 
There should be 30 years yeah. for those three charges, like 10 apiece. I'm, I don't know. Is that too harsh? Like, I think if there's 100% proof of sexual abuse, we do not do enough, whether it's like jail or rehabilitation or whatever it is. Nobody does enough when it comes to sexual abuse against no. women or men. Like, no. what, what the fuck? Like, I guess it's murder is the only thing people care about. Yeah. Or tax fraud. If you're fucking the oh. government out of money, you're away forever, baby. Yeah. But if you get your 16-year-old daughter pregnant, oh, honey, a slap on the wrist, get back on, that the, decimal get back point on the horse. on your 2020 um, T4 yeah. whatever tax return that you, you gave said that you was made one <laughs> off. You said you made five cents more than you yeah. did. You owe us a million. Yeah. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're never going to see the sky again, baby. <laughs> never going to see the Discworld sky yeah. again. <laughs> you're flat earth. <laughs> Later that year, Ron, upset with everything going on, boo fucking who, yeah. packed up his fam in the middle of the night just before the police went to serve him a warrant although he was added to the fbi database Mm -hmm. ron was never apprehended and never showed up on police radar that is until 1987 which we will get into in a bit so Mm -hmm. maybe they should have the first location they fled to was ward arkansas where they stayed for approximately two years there he found work in the veterans administration medical office as a file clerk in little rock and eventually, he took a position in a recruitment office. But, like, how did they not know? He was in the military. So, obviously, they would know him. A hundred percent. And would they not see that he has charges on him? Like, the military is supposed to know all that shit. Well, I think that when you have... Well, back a, then, you it's did, America. It's true. But also, in the 80s, you're not going to have everything on computer files that you can pull up. What was People, going on in, in, um, in the 80s? There was that... Um, the Cold War. Was with it? Russia? No. It's, like, later than that. Syrian? No. There was another war, but we're not going to stop and pause and look this up. I'm sorry we're not history majors. Like, I'm... There was a war, I think, in the 80s. Just keep that in mind. And if I'm I right, it was the Cold War against know. Russia. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, now I do have to pause and find <laughs> out. And we're back, and there was a lot of wars going on. There's literally, like, lists of what wars were going on during that time. So, the world's fucked. The end. Always. It hasn't stopped. No. This move put a huge financial strain on Ron. He still had a mortgage left on his New Mexico home that he fled. This new home to pay for, as well as his wife, five of their kids, and Sylvia, his daughter slash granddaughter. I am actually at a loss for words right now at how much this is mirroring our last true crime Mm -hmm. of a father figure with money issues. issues. And one of the issues in his life is his ex, Sylvia. Oh. And this is daughter slash... Mm-hmm. Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Oh, my God. I fucking hate that so much. So if you caught that, I said five of their kids. Because by this time, his son, Bill, the oldest, had moved out and married a woman named Renata. I love that name. I Renata. Renata. And had a son named Trey, which I also love that name. It's very forward. Like Trey. Like Trey. Trey. Trey's trades. Yeah, I was going to say, you like the stock. My boy. They resided in Fortis, Dallas County. Okay. Gene moved out as well on and off with Wilma. So Gene being his second oldest son, mm-hmm. but like I think the third oldest child. On and off with a woman named Wilma, um, who he had a daughter with named Barbara. And they lived in San Antonio. So he was kind of like off and on. So he'd come home and then not home and mm-hmm. they would go back and forth with their daughter. 
Oh, I'm surprised everyone just didn't take off, but that's not always possible. Money is yeah. a real fucking issue when it comes to escaping. And who knows, abuse. like, the sons, like, maybe their relationship with their dad was different, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe he raised them to be like, this isn't an issue what I'm doing. Yeah. Still at home were Becky, the mother, mm-hmm. Sheila, Loretta, Eddie, Marianne, Becky Jr., and little Sylvia. While in ward, he continued his incestuous relationship aka r word and sheila became pregnant again fuck off ron took sheila and got a secret abortion why the secret well probably because he was the world's biggest hypocrite and he was very vocally pro-life or as i like to refer to it as pro-birth so Uh, he actually choice anti-choice pro-birth he literally talked about it all the time was very vocal oh. about it but then he secretly took sounds her to get an abortion. like all of those right-wing politicians in alabama and those right-wing states in that take their mistresses to go get abortions but then pass bills so that abortion it will one day hopefully be made illegal mm-hmm. fucking hypocritical 100 percent. it's just to control women let's Hate be it. real sheila went on to attend the drawn school of business in little rock where she met dennis mcnulty so Sheila, the one who, mm-hmm. the daughter who had a baby and, and the abortion and the R word, she went to attend the Drawn School of Business in Little Rock where she met Dennis McNulty. Mm-hmm. They got on right away and began to date. She even warmed up to him enough to divulge the abuse her father put her through and how miserable life was at home. At this time, Ron was trying, I, they called him Gene and some of the things, but I'd mm-hmm. like to call him Ron, was trying to find a plot of land for he and his family and he found a 13-acre location in Hectar, which he named Mockingbird Hill. Cute name, right? Do you get to just name your property whatever you want? I guess. Like, I call my house the gingerbread house. That's true. Um, he even named the driveway leading up to the little shack on the property Little Princess Lane in honor of Sheila. Oh, Ooh. for fuck's sakes. That's so nasty. Mm-hmm. That's some weird, like mental mind game thing where you call your daughter who you are getting pregnant your mm-hmm. little princess like i i fucking i can't even deal with that mm-hmm. oh i got like shudders in like the pit of my stomach with how fucking vile that is for sure he's naming all of these things all these little cutesy things too because i think he knows what a real nasty dark piece of shit he is too he is Luckily, Sheila wouldn't be living there for long. Shortly after the move, she announced that she would be marrying Dennis. Daddy was not pleased. (gasps) Oh, God, I think he's in love with his daughter properly. Oh, for sure. In September of 1984, Sheila and Dennis were wed and they moved in together in Camden. (laughs) Ron's love for her would turn to hate. And once again, he told her he'd see her in hell. Shenis, that's what I'm calling Sheila and Dennis. Shenis took Sylvia with them. Thank fuck. So yeah. they took her daughter with them. And eventually the two had a child of their own uh, to add to their happy family named Michael. Ron, being the disgusting piece of shit he is, tried to turn Loretta, his other daughter, like his next oldest daughter, into yeah. his new little princess. But luckily, Loretta defied her father any chance she could and fought off his advances. They had described her as being like independent, da da da. Yeah. But I'm like, I, like it doesn't matter because like that doesn't. That's not to say that Sheila was weak. You know what not I mean? Like, at all. At all. She was started off probably way earlier. Loretta's already like in her teens. Yeah. I already saw what she'd probably been doing with yes. Sheila and was like, fuck no, fuck disgusting piece of shit. Yeah. 
Everything in Ron's world was falling apart. He lost his Sheila, was still in financial ruin with his wife and four children to support. Things were getting very dark very quick. Mm -hmm. During their four years in Dover, Ron had several jobs from which he was either fired from or forced to quit. So I don't know if I missed something, but like they're in Dover now. Like that was where they kind of like ended there. Like they stayed in Dover. Yeah. Ron had several jobs. It's all in Arkansas. He's also probably moved so that the neighbors across the street start stop ratting oh, him yeah, out. Oh yeah, because for... he found that acreage. So yes, now they're yeah, in, yeah. in Dover, but they called it Hecate. I don't know. Hector. Hecate. <laughs> I thought Hector's was a um, a plot of land size. Like you buy like seven, eight hectares of land. Oh, you're so smart and I'm so dumb. <laughs> That's okay. We balance each other out. Yes. <laughs> Ron, during, so during the four years in Dover, Ron had several jobs from which he was either fired from or forced to quit. By 1985, Ron was working two jobs in Russellville, one being at Sinclair Mini Mart and the second was at a trucking firm called Woodline Motor Freight. It was at Woodline where Ron made inappropriate sexual advances towards 24-year-old Kathy Kendrick. Well, leave women alone, you fucking weird molesting piece I can't piece wait for you guys to see a picture of how fucking gross this old man is. We... Emaciated Santa, remember. Yeah, we are going to post that to our Instagram. You can find the link for all of our socials in the description at whatever podcasting platform you're listening on right now. Yes. <laughs> He was straight up stalking this poor woman. He would send her notes and flowers and would randomly show up at her home. He was fired from this job, um, which I'm going to stop there because I think this was the last job before the incident happened. So I think like it's not like he was fired in 1985 when he started working Mm -hmm, this job. I think mm -hmm. he worked there for a while. Okay. And he was eventually fired from this job. And it's believed that he began following her around. Like I said, being a stocky mix stalker. Yeah. P.S. Did I mention she was married and she told him to... So, and to leave her alone. He did not take the firing very well in his anger. And in his anger, he quit his job at the mini mart as well. And he's going to blame her for doing it. Which is pretty dumb considering he's literally worked everywhere at this point. Like, who's going to fire you when yeah. you're poor? When the community was asked how you would describe Ron, they would say he was a recluse, quiet, weird, and would often just glare at people if they tried to approach or speak with him. Ugh. And once we see his face, I'm just going to have that burned mm-hmm. in my mind. I want you to have, like, in the post, like, there is a photo of him when he first met Bersabe, okay. Becky, mm-hmm. and they look so happy normal and, and happy. normal, and then you see him after, and it's like, what the fuck? Looks can be deceiving. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe... And like we said, like, while he was in the military, yeah. he seemed normal. Mm-hmm. I think that the darkness inside him started seeping out. Yeah, I think, like, he inherently was evil, and then also being through the war and stuff like that, like, probably a lot of fucked up shit yeah, happened yeah. in Nam. We know that, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably broke him, and then with the alcohol and everything, there's never an excuse, but they can all definitely... Contribute. You can can see how these things were just riding along together, not helping anything. Mm -hmm. His 13 acres became his fortress, and he was obsessed with being secluded away from the rest of the world. He even went as far as building a large fence around the property made of scrap metal, some spots being 10 feet in height. I need to see a photo of this. It sounds crazy. Oh, it's gross. The home they lived in on the property was actually two mobile homes conjoined together. It had no running water. The phone wasn't connected, so they could not communicate with the outside world. Oh, fuck. Ron's wife, Becky, was never allowed to leave the home without him unless she was doing laundry. That's horrible. I I honestly can't believe she's still there. But again, it's just a fucking downward spiral. Years of abuse. You know, you're stuck there. You, You know met back then too when they first met mm-hmm. you didn't need to have a job and like yeah. the wife stayed home with yeah. seven children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she has no she's probably like i have no 
um, nothing to what's the word like whenever you have skills like can yeah skills yeah I, I've I don't Experience. have a, a resume built because I was never forced to work might not even and know how to the, type like and also this man won't let me leave the house mm-hmm. to gain any employment skills yeah. Ron's okay so I said that already honestly I can't believe she's still there shit has really taken a sharp turn since her happy marriage like Mm -hmm. I mentioned Becky and the four remaining kids were not allowed to socialize whatsoever outside of their immediate family meaning only the six of them Mm -hmm. no church no shopping not even extended family and like this went as far as when the like boys would leave and stuff like that from the immediate family like they would stop talking to them too that's so strange it's like one of those Mormon cults where they excommunicate you and if you still have family in you cannot talk to them they can't talk to you and if they do they're out also scientology that's what i'm thinking of sorry everybody (laughs) choking on my vape stress smoking i'm like (sighs) i know i know what did the kids do for fun you ask Mm -hmm. they did chores up until bedtime stupid shit like carrying gravel and rocks like pick up that rock and bring it to the end of the drive one of their chores included digging up a giant hole in the backyard that I believe was like going to be like a different, a new outhouse or something. And this hole was disgusting. Over time, it was like filled with sewage and shit. It was fucking rank. And it's probably next to the dilapidated scrap metal fence that looks like mm-hmm. angry witch hands. Like, <laughs> you know, Sauron's armor, the way it's all kind of like really sharp and spiky. Yeah. It just looks like that, like digging out of the ground. Oh, for sure. I'm going to have to look at photos of this. I know I'm going to hate myself for doing it, but maybe I'll attach well, I mean, some. you have to make the Insta post. I'm going to, that's true. It's <laughs> your job. Are you sure? Can I, can I outsource? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need you to go find his corpse and take photos of it immediately. I want a real life photo. I will kick that thing. I will kick oh, it. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. He's dead. Um, he literally drove them to their bus stop the children and picked them up so they would have no chance to fraternize with others that's insane the school bus driver was quoted saying he watched them like a general they did go to school so there was at least that and loretta Mm -hmm. even had a friend who came over from time to time okay and i think she even went out from time to time but like it was very very like so instead of it being absolutely horrifying horrendous it's actually just very very terrible yeah they just like yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure it was probably, like, maybe because dad's, like, drunk all day. So maybe mom was like, yeah, you can go wherever and she would take, mm-hmm. like, a beating for, mm-hmm. like, letting her daughter go, like, have Horrible. a fucking time. This friend stated that Rod basically lived on the couch, beer in hand. He just sat all day on the couch watching TV and drinking. Mm-hmm. When he was out, the family seemed to act normal, according to this friend. But when he was there, the whole family's demeanor changed. And Becky tried to keep the kids away from dad and keep them quiet. Although there are no filed reports, it is believed that Becky was physically abused by Ron. She was often covered in bruises on her body and face. He apparently never hit the kids unless they got in the middle of him beating Becky. Like, I can't. He's fucking garbage. Becky wasn't as beaten down as we would think, though, because during their four years in Dover, she was secretly hiding money in order to get a place for her and her kids and leave oh. piece of shit Ron behind. Good for her. Mm-hmm. I can't even... The fact that she had... Like, the, just, like, being brave enough to even try this, knowing that if he caught her, maybe something horrible is going to happen, like, and she's still trying. 
I commend her for it, but just what a fucking horrible situation. Well, prepare to be like a little bit broken because Becky also had a way to communicate with the outside world. Elle Jean, her son, mm -hmm. had purchased her a P.O. box and they were corresponding back and forth planning for her the family's escape. So like that way dad couldn't see the letters, yeah, right? Probably yeah, when she would go to do laundry, she'd like yes. stop at the post office. Here is one of the letters sent to Bill, Will, and, and Renata. Well, Elle Jean, Bill, Will, his three names, and Renata. Dear Bill, Renata, and Trey. Or wait, sorry, that was the first. No, oh my God, okay, one of the sons. I think this the is first the one. Okay, the first son that left was Bill. Was William? He was named mm -hmm. after the grandfather. Or no, wait. I think it's the second son. Second son, but it was the first son that was with Renata. I'm confused, but here's what the letter says, word for word. Dear Bill, Renata, and Trey. Loretta may be staying in town Friday night, so I'll have her mail this. I've been thinking of you and said you of all you said, Bill, and I know you are right. I don't want to live the rest of my life with life with dad, but I'm still trying to figure out how to start. What if I couldn't find a job for some time? You have to remember I've never had a job since I've been married. <gasps> That's what you were saying. Or before that either. I now have to start somewhere. I it would be it would all be so much easier if it was just me, but I have three kids which is apparently not counting 17-year-old Loretta mm -hmm. also by then because I guess she was, like, doing shit. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do any checking by telephone, go ahead and check, and we can talk about it when you come. I've decided if I borrow from mom that I would have her send it to you. I'm still all very confused, but like I said, I do know I don't want to stay with dad, but don't want him getting more than he deserves. Yet sometimes I feel God is telling me to be more patient. Right now, I'll just say do some checking and then it will help make my decision. I would like for Loretta to move with you after she turns 18. She wants to go to college and she can get a job too. I don't think San Antonio is the place for her. L. Jean, so like, yeah, so it's her first son who mm -hmm. is Ron Jr., but maybe his name was um, like William in the middle. And like literally all these sons shared the same five names. So we're just going to go with that. Yeah. So she's talking about L. Jean. So she's saying this, apparently referring to Ronald Jean Jr. of San Antonio, Texas. Um, and Wilma are back together, but they want to try it out and try to come get Barbara. So I'm going to stop there. Barbara is their daughter. Okay. And I guess when they would be like going back and forth and stuff like that, sometimes Barbara would stay with them. So okay. Barbara is oh. with them at this time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm oh, sure. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Little oh, Barbara's for there. for fuck's sakes. It sucks so badly. Yeah, don't leave your child with your You dad. obviously are fine with your mom and your siblings, but your dad is an actual garbage can. Mm -hmm. So that fucking sucks where you have to be like, well, do we risk sending our daughter? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Mm -hmm. Just for her safety. Yeah. I'm sure enjoying Barbara. She is a sweet, lovable, polite little girl. She is a good girl and we all love her and enjoy her so much. She always has us laughing. I'm so proud of Trey his son. The last time you came, dad wanted to know how come you didn't stay long enough to see him too. Now that Elgene and Wilma are back together, I wish they could move from San Antonio. Barbara needs both her parents. They both have been through so much. I hope it works out. I love them both. 
Wilma wrote me a letter telling me she loves Algene very much, and she must. She went back to him, and I'm sure she has been hurt deeply, so it's assumed that maybe he was cheating on her or yeah, something. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to see all my children happy. I've remembered a lot of what you said, Bill. I'm a prisoner here, and the kids too. I know when I get out, I might need help. Dad has had me like a prisoner, that the freedom might be hard for me to take. Yet I know it would be great, having my children visit me anytime, having a telephone, going shopping if I want, going to church. Every time I think of freedom, I want out as soon as possible. I don't want to put any burden on my children. And I think it's best while or before I get out get out too old, I want out. But it's the beginning. Once I get a job in place, then I can handle it with the mental support of my children. I can do it. It was hard to talk in front of Algene. He had been having it so hard and his problems were deeply in my mind. I felt sorry for him. I was so afraid what he might go back and do. You are lucky, Bill. You have a very good wife. She had led you the right way and that is towards God. She is very pretty too. I've always thanked God for sending you a good wife. I'm thankful for Dennis too. Give my darling Trey a lot of hugs and kisses for me. I love you all very much. Barbara gets bored if I talk take too long to write. So I hope I made sense in this letter. Hope Loretta can mail this Friday or Saturday on her way home. Love you very much, Mom. P.S. You all look so nice when you came. Loretta had a great time with Renata. She talked a lot about it. That is just, you can hear the part of her that wants to break free and then when she second guesses mm-hmm. and is like i just want to have a little bit more patience that's like the stockholm syndrome part of her being yeah. like i'll never get out of this yeah like, and that's and fine saying god's put like because like you know that the way religion works they'll yeah. be like god only gives you what you deserve can deal with and, deserve. and like it's a challenge it's mm-hmm. some kind of way to show your like you know that shit that they and you know that with. he's probably using that to manipulate them and be like obviously this is the path you're meant to take you're meant to be he probably with pulls me. out bible fucking psalms yeah. and shit like that and he's probably like it says love thy father Sheila. yeah like and also keep in mind she doesn't leave the house ever or is not allowed to get an education mm-hmm. have a job the only time she leaves is for laundry she doesn't have any like any idea of what's possible because he won't let her have that and obviously the son is providing her with the outside world and um, the idea of freedom and all the things that she'd be able to do, like shopping. Yeah. She used that, like, she said, I thought about all the things that you told me. Like, I could go shopping. I would be safe. I would have my kids. But it's, I, uh, it, the whole thing is just so sad. Yeah. So this brings us to December 22nd, 1987. Oh, no. Ron goes full Rambo. Okay. Evidence indicates, okay, so we're getting into the murders, guys. Trigger warning. A lot of shit. Oh, bracing myself. Okay. Evidence indicates that Simmons bludgeoned and shot his visiting son, 29-year-old Ronald L. No. Ronald Ronald Simmons Jr., like L. Jean. Yes. Simmons Jr., as well as his wife, Becky. No. Okay, so yeah, like I want to... Like, I don't want to just, like, read these. I want to, like, paint a picture, like, yeah. not to fuck you guys up anymore. But, like, imagine. So, it's Christmas. The family's coming in and out. Like, that's what's going on. Like, some of the kids are coming at different times. They all have different families. All have different exactly. schedules. Exactly. So, yeah. um, Ronald Elgin Simmons Jr. is coming down. He's the one who has the daughter, Barbara. Mm-hmm. And the... On and off his again. Wife, wife. Wilma, or his on and off girlfriend, yeah. Wilma. So, while he's there visiting, Ron bludgeons and shot his visiting son um algene like we said as well as his wife becky he then 
strangled his three-year-old granddaughter Barbara Fuck to death off. and wrapped her in a plastic bag. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. He sat down and had a beer and carried on throwing all three bodies into the nasty-ass pit the Simmons had instructed the children to dig months before oh, did for he a know- third family outhouse. Oh, he was never going to build an outhouse? He was probably planning this so badly. Mm-hmm. Later the same day, the Dover school bus dropped off the younger Simmons children for their Christmas break from school, and Ron was waiting for them. He told the four children, Loretta, Eddie, Marianne, and Becky Jr., that he had surprises for them. Ron had the children go to the rooms um, whenever he got home because he told them, like, he wanted to give them their presents one Uh. at a time. So he called each of them out and individually, one by one, strangled and drowned them in a rain barrel. What the actual fuck? Mm -hmm. A rain barrel. Yeah. They were added to the death pit. He then just chilled out in his death house as if nothing happened, patiently waiting his next moves. Waiting for the next round of family members to show up for Christmas. So, like, that's the 22nd. We're now going to the 26th. So he just sat there for four days, drinking, waiting. The older Simmons children had been invited to the Simmons home on December 26th for an after-Christmas dinner. 23-year-old William H. Simmons II, his 21-year-old wife, uh, Renata May Simmons, and their 20-month-old son, Trey all of Fortis, Dallas County, were likely the first to arrive after what had already mm-hmm, happened. Mm-hmm. William and Renata were shot as they walked in the door right in front of their son, Trey. Jesus fucking Christ. Trey was then strangled and drowned. Next to arrive were Simmons' 24-year-old daughter, Sheila. No. And her husband, 33-year-old Dennis Raymond McNulty, as well as their children, 7-year-old Sylvia, which is also Ron's child, oh and 21-month-old Michael. Sheila and Dennis were shot as they entered the home, the same as um, the other uh, children. Ronald then strangled Sylvia and then Michael. I honestly, I don't even know what Mm -hmm. to do right now. I'm just listening to you and accepting this. Mm -hmm. Ron laid out the bodies of his family in his living room in neat rows, covering them in coats, except for Sheila, who was covered, who was, well, placed as if in a formal viewing and then covered with Becky's nicest tablecloth. Oh, see, that is so fucked that even in the death that he created, he's giving her the special treatment. Mm -hmm. Trey and Michael were wrapped in plastic sheets and placed in abandoned cars on the property. He soaked the rest of the bodies that were in the house with them in kerosene. He believed and hoped that this would cover the smell, slow down decomposition, and deter animals from, like, coming in and eating them. So fucking gross. Later the same day, Simmons drove to Russellville, where he stopped at a Sears store and picked up Christmas gifts that had been ordered but had not made it before the holiday. Later that night, he drove down to a private club in Russellville, and then I he went home he's just and waited to out again. Normal, like he's just like okay, um, gonna go grab these gifts. I'm just running yeah. errands. Hey, girl behind the counter, like you have that fucking Tupperware set that we ordered. Mm-hmm. Like, that just, that is a beautiful little look into his twisted mind yeah. of somebody who's able to do that. He's just moving on with his life. Doesn't give a shit. So two days later, on Monday, December 28th, because like, obviously on the weekend, everybody's at home with their families on mm-hmm. Christmas, Simmons drove a car that had belonged to his son, Ronald Jr., to Russellville. He purchased a gun from Walmart. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> you that know. should always be a thing. That's fine. Yeah. Um, his next stop was the Peel, Eddie, and Gibbons Law Firm where recep- receptionist secretary 
Kathy Kendrick's now worked. So the girl that he was giving advances to before no. that he got fired for worked there now. How did he track her down? Or worked there and the other place. I'm not sure. This is the oh, same I bet Kathy. You, I bet you know he stalked her. That's how Oh, he yeah, for sure. This is the same Kathy, like I said, that worked at Woodline mm-hmm. where he was fired for mm-hmm. making sexual advances. There were actually two other clerks working at the office in the back at the time, oh, too. No. Um, Brenna, one of these employees, said at first she thought it was just some kids playing in the front until she heard the shots and Kathy scream. She states Kathy must have been shot at least six times. Like, they were hiding behind a fucking dresser in the back. That's horrible. When they were able to get to her, she was breathing but passed before the paramedics could arrive. There was also a client in the front area when Ron arrived, and he never even looked at her or tried to shoot her. She ran out of the building and was unharmed. He had his eyes set on... The person he wanted to kill, which is frightening. It's actually just, like, kind of random because you'll hear more, like, of of the other people. But, like, it kind of seems that way. But he next went to the Taylor Oil Company where he shot and wounded Russell Rusty Taylor, who was also the owner of the Sinclair Mini Mart where he had worked. And then shot and killed J.D. Jim Chaffin, a fireman and part-time truck driver for Taylor Oil. Simmons shot at and missed another employee before exiting the building. So, like, at this building, it seems mm-hmm. like he shot the guy and then was just like, fuck it, I'll kill the other ones that are here. That's, oh, uh, now he's starting to unravel and he's like, fuck it, we're doing a murder mm-hmm. spree. But then, again, you're going to see a little change up. Simmons then went to the Sinclair Mini Mart where he shot and wounded Roberta Woolery and David Salier. So maybe they were, like, employees that he worked with. Mm-hmm. His last stop was at the Woodline Motor Freight Company. Simmons located his former supervisor, Joyce Butts, and wounded her in the head and chest. He then took worker Vicki Jackson at gunpoint into the computer office and advised her to phone the police. Simmons allegedly told Jackson, I've come to do what I wanted to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. Oh, no, 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 no. You took everybody out who you couldn't admit that you're a fucking guy who couldn't get his shit together and you blamed it and projected on everyone else and felt like you had to kill them Mm because you can't deal with your shit Uh, bye-bye your garbage bye-bye he surrendered to surrendered to russellville police when they arrived simmons was sent to the arkansas state hospital in little rock in pulaski county for a competency evaluation by staff psychiatrist dr irvin quo quo found simmons to be sane and capable of standing trial Public defenders Robert Doc Irwin and John Harris were appointed to represent Simmons. The prosecuting attorney was John Bynum. Jury selection for the first trial took less than six hours. Simmons was convicted on May 12, 1988 in the Franklin County Circuit Court for the deaths of Kendrick and Chaffin. On May 16th, Judge John Samuel Peterson sentenced Simmons to death by lethal injection plus 147 years. So not, I don't know if he wasn't... Uh, convicted for the other deaths maybe it was just easier because they were like well you're dead now so i think that after like what like they're gonna convict him on x amount of like 10 people yeah at that point adding the additional 10 as much as we want to get closure if they can nail him for sure what we've learned too from things is like when you add in other things sometimes it could like fuck something up and like make it so like you get off on everything Yeah. yeah 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 so simmons refused all rights to appeal simmons was found guilty of 14 counts of capital murder so yeah he was in the deaths uh-huh. of his family members on february 10th so maybe they had a different trial in the johnson county circuit court with judge patterson presiding i think they probably tackled all the bodies yeah. on his property because you can 100 yeah. percent tie those to him sure. whereas the spree yes you've got witnesses but that's gonna be its own thing maybe yeah bynum so remember this is the prosecutor mm-hmm. offered a possible motive when he presented an undated note that was discovered in a safety deposit box at russellville bank after simmons arrest the letter seemed to indicate a strong love-hate relationship between simmons and his daughter sheila 
After the judge ruled this letter admissible, Simmons lashed out at Bynum, punching him in the face, and then unsuccessfully struggled for a deputy's handgun. Holy fuck. Officers rushed him out of the courtroom in chains. Simmons was sentenced to death by lethal injection on March 16th, 1989. Mm -hmm. He again waived all rights to appeal. On March 1st, 1989, Simmons was found competent to waive his rights to appeal his conviction. However, the filing of Whitmore v. Arkansas challenged this right. Reverend Louis Franz and Jonas Whitmore contended that Simmons using his right to refuse appeal in fact jeopardized the appellate rights of other death row inmates. I don't know what any of that means. I think that that means that by him saying, don't even bother giving me appeal, it's like anybody else who would want to file one, if they use this case as an example, they'd be like, see, death row doesn't need a chance at appealing their yeah their thing. So I, I kind of get it. But I think maybe he did try to do an appeal, or I don't know. Maybe no, he said he kept waving it. He didn't. But now they're saying by a seventy-two vote, vote, the Supreme Court justice threw out this appeal. So maybe somebody did it on behalf of him because they were like, "You, okay. you have to. You have to, because if not, yeah. you'll screw up the other, other people, other rights." Yeah. However, the ongoing legal proceedings had prevented the execution of Simmons from being carried out. Simmons was actually watching TV and eating what he thought would be his last meal when the news of his stay of execution was announced. What on May thirty-first, nineteen ninety. Governor Bill Clinton signed Simmons' second execution warrant for June 25th, 1990, like one of the main things that Bill Clinton probably ever did. Yeah. You know. This was the quickest sentence to execution death time in United States history since the death penalty was reinstated in 1976. Get him to the chair. Get him out of here. Simmons refused all visitors, including legal counsel and clergy. His last words were, justice delayed, finally be done, is justifiable homicide. Oh, relax, dude. Okay, bro. No family members claim the body. Well, there's none left. Oh, fuck. Fuck. I didn't think about that. So Simmons was buried in a pauper's plot at Lincoln Memorial Lawn in Varner in Lincoln County. They should have just thrown him in the trash. That's it. Get out of here. What a horrible fucking bastard. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about that pit in his yard. The fence. The rain trough, like... There's a lot of, because it was in the 80s, there's a lot of, like, um, if anybody's interested, like, news stories. Mm -hmm. There's actually some, like, um, court, like, uh, documents that, like, tell a little bit of extra stuff. Of, like, the actual case, and or sorry, court trial. Exactly. So, I mean, there is more information out there, but really, like, this is the gist of it. And, but it's crazy, like, this rocked the fucking oh, nation the news did. like this like fucking was crazy it's christmas it's massacre christmas. What, when are people going to be watching the most tv and on their couch it's like mm-hmm. around christmas when the holidays are happening yeah if you don't have the hallmark channel you're probably watching court case tv yeah or just the news so 100 percent. that's so fucking sad i feel so bad from that for that family like it's not and not just the family the people that he targeted afterwards who mm-hmm. had nothing to do with anything like everybody in this case was a victim the abuse happened for years prior to him even acting out so just fuck him garbage i'd like to say that something good came out of this the only thing i could say is he's dead and yeah. he can't be polluting this world anymore with his fucking presence yeah yeah he, he didn't deserve the breath that ever filled his lungs yeah so i mean until thursday or next week or whatever <laughs> when we get out of literotica mm-hmm. I, I don't know do you have any palate cleansers until that i have some um, christmas 
We should add a picture so of Haggis at, in, in the post at the end. To yeah, be like, if you guys want to know who interrupted our podcasting today, yes. check out our Instagram. We'll put a really cute picture. And so while you're listening to this right now, just stop. Go to Insta. Mm-hmm. Go to whatever our podcast name is, which you'll know. It's in the description link. It's in the description because we're in between podcasts. Um, and go check out the cat. Yeah. She's fucking precious. You'll definitely want to look at a nice happy face. And then the post probably right next to it will be of this bastard man yeah but anyways that's about it yeah i'm not gonna drag this out any longer because i really have to pee yeah (laughs) i know i just i'm gonna go shower yes and i gotta go home to my puppy yes my tarot my aussie and my kitties but they're they're self-sufficient they are but my puppies they the puppies they don't help help. they need dues all right so let's let's end this all right so remember everybody (laughs) I'm mixing both. Yeah. Here's wishing you a lot more foreplay. And less, 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 less foul play. And fucking rotten hell, Gene. Simmons. Simmons. Both. Kiss. The end. Bye.